This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball with MLB insider John Heyman and former Major Leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. Hello and welcome everybody into the latest installment of Big Time Baseball. An unfamiliar voice here, usually behind the scenes. My name is Dylan Burns, but join with me as always some familiar names and faces and voices. John Heyman and Tony Gwynn Jr. are alongside me. And fellas, we are just hours away from opening day, another baseball season. One last year, we're coming off of just complete uncertainty and unprecedentedness. The Los Angeles Dodgers ultimately took home the World Series and Dave Roberts, we spoke to in the offseason, all that good stuff, just like all good things. You want more of it. And we got more of it coming up here. We're hitting the reset button again, opening day. I asked you guys this separately and I I've, I've had me thinking, what what is it with the hype? surrounding opening day. Why does baseball do it better than any other league? Yeah, I think it's a tradition. Baseball has traditions and uh, naming it opening day and not just the start of the season. uh, That's the first part of the tradition. And, uh, you know, there are certain things that baseball does better. You know, baseball gets a lot of criticism, but baseball certainly does the all-star game better uh, than the other sports. Uh, They definitely do the trade deadline better. Maybe because it's that's, I'm involved in it, uh, but that's a big deal, and that's better. Uh, and opening day, and I, I love the way they do closing day, too, now with all the games starting at the same time. But opening day, they're spreading them out, starting at 1 o'clock and ending here on the East Coast, 10 o'clock starts. And uh, it's just fantastic. We are looking forward to it, and as you call it, a reset, restart, whatever you want to say. And, uh, I mean, this is our first regular, regular season in two years, last year. A lot of people will look at it as in a season that doesn't count, but the weird thing that occurred is that the best team won. You know, we got all through that with the extra playoff teams, and uh, you know, somebody who didn't win may say, you know, it's not a real season, or it's only sixty games, and uh, wasn't a typical postseason. But the reality of it is, the best team in the American League was in the World Series, and the Rays, the best team in the National League was in the World Series, and the Dodgers, and the best team won. Uh, the Dodgers, they they finally won after 30-plus years. And, uh, you know, now we have a regular season, which I think baseball people appreciate. They love the lo- the length of the season. They love the fact it's a marathon, not a sprint. Sorry about the cliche, but uh, we start right with opening day, and I think we all love it. Yeah, absolutely. And, Tony, you've been a part of a, a number of them, you know, just from the dugout. As a player, Tony, is the hype real? I mean, tell us, like, what's it like being yeah. – out on the field for opening day. Hype is definitely real. And if you're lucky, 
uh, I, I mean, one of my last couple of years playing, I think I was a part of like four uh, opening days. We had caught like different teams and their first home opener. So uh, I got to I got to do that like three or four different times. But it, I think it's, it's, it's exactly what John said. Right. I think it's their tradition. And in uh, some ways, tradition can hurt hurts baseball. And in some ways, in this particular case, opening day tradition uh, I think elevates the game higher than all the rest of them. They just do it right. I mean, uh, I mean everything from uh, guys taking the line, starting lineups being announced. Like it is, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Like it is one of the more special moments to be a part of. Whether you're starting or you're or off the bench, your name gets called and you take that line for that team on opening for your team, particular team on opening day. It is just special. There's just nothing. Nothing like it. And I've been fortunate. Like, not only have I been able to, you know, be a part of it through my dad's career, I was also able to be a part of it through my own career. And there's just there's just nothing like it. There's just nothing like it. And I think John hit on a couple of things, right? Baseball does, I think, the best opening and the best closing of all of the sports. And uh, hopefully this year it'll be no different. Just the fact that we're going to get a little bit of normalcy back this season, I think a lot of fans and players are excited about. So let's spin it forward to this season, fellas. Is there anything specifically that you're looking forward to the most, whether it's seeing a player for a full season or a team for a full season? What is standing out to you guys the most? What are you most excited about? You know, what I'm excited about is all the great young stars in baseball, the guys 25 and under. I mean, obviously, we still have Mike Trout, the best player in the game. And uh, until someone takes that mantle, though, he will be the best player in the game for me. Um, Obviously, Mookie Betts is awfully special, too. Um, and I, th- I think it's fair to say he's the second best player, but we've got some very exciting under 25 players. Um, and, and we had that previously. I mean, obviously with all the young stars coming up, the Arenados and the Machados, but right now, I mean, Juan Soto, I mean, in the box, he was the best hitter in baseball by quite a bit last year. Didn't win the MVP. Uh, he had kind of that false positive. I we believe it was false at the beginning of the year, missed some time. Obviously the Nats, Bit of a letdown off their World Series win of 2019, so team wasn't so great. But Juan Soto, I mean, uh, he looks like an all-time great already in his early 20s. And we have uh, Acuna, Ronald Acuna Jr. with uh, the Braves. Just a fantastic all-around player, 40-40 threat. Uh, incredible and, and on a really good team and, and a threat to win. I mean, I think we all think the Dodgers are the best team, but uh, there's some other special teams in the National League, the Braves included. And, of course, uh, the guy that Tony uh, gets to see, um, Fernando Tatis Jr., just an incredible, incredible all-around talent. Got that $340 million deal, one of the biggest deals in baseball history off of really two partial seasons. Uh, Didn't play a full season due to injury his first year, came back last year, and obviously was a 60-game season. Um, So, yeah, he really hasn't even played a full season and got a $340 million deal. And I don't think any of us in baseball question that deal because uh, this is a special, special talent. So uh, I love the under-25 talents in baseball right now. There's a lot of different storylines that are kind of percolating uh, for the 2021 season. I mean, you got the obvious ones. You mentioned the 25 and under group. You got uh, the Padres and their huge offseason. Ken La Russa, uh, um, you know, manage at his age with such a young group we know he can manage but will he mesh well with this young group but you know one of the things i'm looking at 
um, especially considering what kind of the, the antics that have been going on during spring is I'm really interested in how Bauer is going to, going to fit in and settle in with this Dodger ball club. Uh, I, I know you guys have been paying attention. He's been pitching basically with one eye all off, all spring training. And, 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 you know, that's, it's, it's funny on the surface and it's, and I, and I, and I am a believer that guys like Bauer are great for the game of baseball, but you have to start to wonder with a team that has very carefully picked guys in uh, who come into their clubhouse, how this will mesh over not 60 games, over 162 games. Guys have to, and, and they may get a break, right? Because uh, media is still not let into the locker room. So there is a controlled element to uh, having to answer questions after games. So they may, they may get a little pass on that, but there is so much to like about this 2021 season. You mentioned all the young guys that are that are, are are coming up. I mean, whether it's Acuna, whether it's Tatis Jr., I love Juan Soto. I mean, like he, this guy, he is one of my favorites to watch. Put together in that bat, and and it and it could be anything from takes to the actual hit. I enjoy every pitch as I watch him dissecting it bat and dissect the pitcher. But it certainly is going to be a, a wild uh, season this year. I think the the NL East is 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 wide open i think the central is going to be a lot tougher after getting a chance to see the brewers play over spring i think they got a shot uh to be uh to win that division this i, I think this is going to turn out to be a, a really exciting season something you both uh, well t- something you just mentioned there tony and you you both can offer some pretty good perspective on it just from having a relationship with dave roberts and i don't want to make this the bauer hour or anything like that but just a question popped into my head all the antics, like you mentioned, pitching with one eye open already here in the preseason, you know, doing the McGregor walk, tipping his pitches and stuff like that. It's all good until they start losing, right? Like as a right, teammate, right. how do you react to that? And I guess as a coach too, and knowing you both knowing Dave Roberts personally, can you maybe provide some insight on how you think he might handle this? I am really going to be watching that with a with a, a super watchful eye because uh Dave is as accommodating to players as there is but when the time comes he also is one that will will say what needs to be said and um you know you look at the antics and it's all good right cuz it's it's spring training games don't count and uh you know not a lot of people pay attention but you're right especially in Los Angeles right he's already kind of going into that uh city where it seems like, and I don't know, it just seems like based off of Twitter that there's a there's a there's a little hesitancy to to jump in on on Bauer as a Dodger fan, right? But um, you certainly know that when the losing happens, and this isn't just you know for LA, this is all teams. When losing happens, you know there's a lot less that's accepted, you know, and and, and this is a team that has been dominant for seven straight years in the National League West. Um, and now they have a, 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 I think, a formidable challenger in the San Diego Padres. And um, any time wasted on anything other than winning baseballs could be detri- winning baseball games could be uh, detrimental to them winning a division. So, uh, I, I'm, like I said, this is going to be one that's that we're all watching. And and o- over 60 games, it's a different story, right? It's a sprint. You don't have to endure it for uh, that long. I mean, virtually two months. Um, but in 162, that's a lot longer uh, of a deal, right? And and it's, it's so much more can happen in that time frame. But 
certainly, um, again, as, as a ball club that's been very um, careful about who they bring in, uh, whether whether they're stars or not, um, they can, they they are concerned about how their locker room is made up and the type of guys they have in that organization. It'll be interesting to see how this all works out because you would imagine if they start losing and the antics are still going, uh, you would you could you could see a scenario in which guys would be a, a little um, a little irritated with it. Yeah, I mean, he, it's easy for him to irritate people. There's no question about it. He's done it to me. Uh, you know, he's 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 an irritant. Yeah, I mean, he's an irritant. There's no question. I don't think it's going to be a problem. And here's why. Tony touched on a few of those things, but uh, there's, a, there's three or four reasons why I don't think it's an issue. One is, um, you know, there, there's going to be headlines. There's going to be storylines. The media is not allowed in there now, so there might be fewer of them, but he, he's able to create them on his own. Somehow he's able to do it. Um, we know about the one eye and all that other stuff that he did this spring training um, without being in the in the clubhouse. But the fact there's no media, that's one reason I think it's not going to be a problem. Dave Roberts, fantastic manager. Uh, particularly with personalities, and this is a big personality. Whatever you think of him, love him or hate him, he's a big personality. He's a tough personality. Dave Roberts is going to be perfect for for uh, doing his best there to kind of quell that. Um, this is also a terrific nucleus. I mean, they they've got professionals on this team. Um, you know, Kershaw on down. Uh, so I, I I don't think one guy is going to be able to upset the apple cart. I really don't. And you said it, uh, Dylan, you mentioned in the question about the losing, uh, you know, that's when things start to go south. This team is not going to have a long losing streak. Looking at that rotation, I mean, it's amazing. I think they're starting, uh, they picked May to start, but that means Gonsolin and Dave David Price, who's a Cy Young winner, does not start the season in the rotation. Um, you know, I mean, they're not going to have a long losing streak. Um, there's always going to be some downturn during 100. 62 games. I think there was one team that I've covered, which was the 98 Yankees, 114 games, 125 total, uh, that had no downturns. And, uh, you know, maybe the Dodgers are that good. I don't know. But, um, you know, they're not a team that's going to have long losing streaks uh, or even streaks of losing. And uh, I, I just don't see this as a, as a likely problem. It, it'll be, you know, create some headlines, but he's not going to uh, disturb the team enough to affect their performance. Listen, John, John, John is, John is right about that for sure. That listen, Andrew Freeman is a very smart guy. He, he, he knows that they have the type of guys that can absorb that in that locker room. There, there's a reason why you, you do take a, 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 I think for the Dodgers somewhat of a risk, right? I mean, yes, you're bringing this side young, but uh, you can take that kind of risk because you know, the type of guys you have in that locker room. So John's ultimately probably right. Like th these guys will, will 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 figure it out. They'll manage it, and uh, and, and they're going to be good. And listen, I think it's not out of the question that they are on the lines of those of that Yankee team, right? I mean, we've talked about it in in, uh, in the booth doing these Padre games. Like the Padres could, in a best case scenario, could win a hundred games and still finish second in the National League West. Like that's how good the Dodgers are this year. So yeah, I don't think there's um, any question, Tony, if they win a hundred games, they're not, they're not winning that division. Uh, you know, unless something happens to the Dodgers that's unforeseen in terms of injuries, uh, they're going to go over that hundred. I mean, do they get to the one fourteen? I mean, I, you know, I kind of doubt that, but uh, you know, I, I would say, I would say 102 is probably par for the course for that team. At least in my mind, I haven't looked at the, the bookie lines and maybe it's lower, but 
uh, not for me. If I bet, I and and their and their line is anything under a hundred, I take the over. Yeah, I I I think that's fair. And like you said, John, I mean, you got a Cy Young winner and David Price. It's not even going to make the opening day rotation. It's just an embarrassment of riches over there for the Dodgers right now. And I think win or lose, the headlines they're, they're going to dominate the headlines for the majority of the season. Which has me thinking here, guys, and and poses the question: Are what teams aren't we talking about enough? that maybe made moves this offseason or have just been consistently good and don't dominate the headlines because the Dodgers, Padres, and Mets and Yankees have pretty much you know stolen everybody's thunder. I mean, I'm thinking about a team like Atlanta who's just ready to win now, but it, it feels like nobody's talking about it. Yeah, let me, take, let me take this one first. There's two teams that I saw in spring that were very impressive. I mentioned one in the Brewers. I mean, that bullpen, at the back part of that bullpen would, would – Williams and, and Hayter and, and, and Boxberg, they got a chance to be really good at the back end of that bullpen. And I'm not, I'm not one of these people that buy Yelich's year last year at all. Like 60 games is not enough. That's a guy that if you gave him the full season, he would have ended up right around where he normally is. I, I truly believe that. I like the addition of Wong. They look good during spring. And you know what else look good? It's in the, they're in the Central, but they're in the American League. That's the Royals. We saw them a couple different times. I'll tell you what, I don't know if they're going to pitch, but they certainly are going to hit. They got some guys in that lineup. And when you look at the lineup, uh, especially at the top with Ben Attendee, uh, the, these guys get on base, and it seems like Solaire is coming to his own as a, as a big power guy. I, I like that Royals team. Now, I don't know if they'll pitch, and I don't know if they're going to be good enough to compete on the level that the White Sox and the Twins will be, but that's a team that I think it, it, it will will catch some people by surprise this year. Those those are my two teams that I saw there in spring training that I walked away feeling like, wow, these, this team is much better than I anticipated going into the year. Uh, Tony, we're on the same page again. I remember we did the best winters and the worst winters, and we we agreed on all ten, I believe. <laughs> uh, yeah, we you did. had three teams written down, and you you hit two of them. Uh, the Brewers and the Royals are two of my teams, and it's actually going to be three teams from uh, the Cactus League. I didn't see any of them because we're still sort of in a pandemic here, and I didn't go out to Arizona uh, for the second time in a row after being out there 20 straight years. Um, but I agree with you on the Royals. Uh, they're heading the right direction. Um, you know, and Benintendi and Santana, um, they're going to hit better. I love the fact that they're spending, you know, a small market team. yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they're not cutting every corner. Um, and I like their young pitching. Uh, Singer, I think, is going to be a star, and they've got more guys coming. Um, you're right on the Brewers. You know, we are overlooking them because they were under 500 last year after making the playoffs uh, the previous couple seasons. Uh, I mean, Yelich did not have his season. You know, the guy is one of the best four or five hitters in the game. Um, you know, Hayur did not do what we expect him to do. Um, he's going to yeah. be much better. Um, they added defense, uh, which is going to help them a lot. Wong on the infield and Jackie Bradley on the outfield. Uh, they get Lorenzo Kane back now after he opted out for most of last totally year. Totally forgot about Jackie Bradley. Yeah, I mean, that defense is awfully good, and you're right about that back end. My God, I mean, uh, with Hayter and Williams, I mean, Boxberger looked good too, but Hayter, Williams, uh, plus, uh, that's a strong, strong back end. And they have two really, really, really good starters in Burns and Woodruff. You know, there are a lot of teams that have one really good starter, but you've got two, you, you've got something. 
And plus the fact that let's let's face it, uh, most of that division went kind of backwards. So um, right, you know, to right. me, Milwaukee is probably the favorite in that division. The other one, I'm probably going to go off the board here, and no one's going to be talking about them. But they surprise almost every year. And I understand that they lost Semyon. They weren't going to be able to pay him. And they lost Hendricks. They weren't going to be able to pay him. Rosenthal can close, come close to duplicating Hendricks. Elvis Andrus has looked good in spring. He's not going to be Semyon. I get that. Um, they do get Chapman back now after the hip thing knocked him out. So uh, I love their catcher, Murphy. He's great talent. Uh, the A's seem to win 90 games in the majority of seasons, and uh, nobody ever expects them to do anything, and particularly not this year. But, uh, I mean, those would be my three teams. I know you mentioned the Braves. I mean, to me, I, I still put the Braves in the upper echelon, and maybe because they're in the East, I think about yeah, them a lot. Yeah. They're not in that category for me, but uh, I could see them as underrated. I mean, let's not forget that Ian Anderson was such a terrific pitcher in the postseason. They didn't have Soroka. They really pressed the Dodgers, almost beat the Dodgers without uh, Soroka. And, you know, obviously free to step forward as a star. Um, and, you know, they can hit. Like, like I mean, they may be the best hitting team in the league. I know the Dodgers and Mets are obviously great hitting teams too. But, you know, they got Roberto Cunha back and, uh, you know, they can really rake. So, I mean, to me, they're a favorite anyway. But uh, as the dark horse candidates, I'm with Tony Casey. Milwaukee, those are my top two, and I'll throw Oakland in the mix as well. How about any teams who had success last year, whether or not it was uh, sneaking into an extra playoff spot or just shocking people overall? Like I know uh, the Marlins came on and nobody expected them to make the playoffs, let alone win a series. And we had Don Mattingly on last year, and after he hung up with us, I was talking to you guys, and it was right around the beginning of the season. (laughs) I asked you guys, I was like, are are you – are you buying what he's selling? Because right now I feel like I want to run through a wall for Don Mattingly. Does he always sound like this? And the Marlins obviously ended up having a fantastic season. Uh, so maybe not specifically the Marlins, but a team like that. Uh, is there anybody who you can expect to maybe take a step back that maybe exceeded their own expectations and they will see some regression this season? I, I think the Marlins could be one just because that division got better, right? I think they and you got a, a full 162 that you got to navigate this year. I think they could take a step back, but it won't be like a, a bad step back. It's almost like the division got a lot better. They're still on the same course that they're on in terms of building up. And, and you know, they probably ended up in the playoffs two years too early, maybe a year too early. So I think they'll, you know, they'll they'll still be progressing in the right direction, but because that division got better. I think they take a step back, and I think the Astros are another team that that'll take a step back. Uh, I I'm not sure that they're going to be able to continue to sustain the type of success they have. And I mean, really, they got in the playoffs last year below 500, so uh, or right at 500, I should say. So uh, that's another team that we were used to seeing have success that I think takes a, a, a significant step back, um, although. That division got weaker. It, it's kind of the opposite of what we saw, we see in the, the National League East. Uh, I, I'm not sure that the uh, Astros can can continue their their reign at the top of that division. I think the I think the Angels might be a team that uh finally gets together uh, and and makes a push to maybe get into the playoffs this year. And finally, we can start seeing the best player in the game uh, under the big lights again. 
Yeah, you know, I've got three uh, three teams that could go in the wrong direction. Just I had three that could go in the right direction. Uh, again, Tony and I agreed. Uh, Astros are a potential team. Uh, they could go either way. I mean, obviously, they could still have Correa and uh, Bregman and Granke, and some of the young starters look very good in the uh, postseason, though the injury to Framber or Valdez does not help. It's probably not as bad as we first thought, but uh, it doesn't help. Uh, the loss of Springer, obviously, is a big one for the Astros. So I could see potentially they could go down. Uh, same with the Indians. Obviously, they lost Lindor. Uh, from what I hear, uh, Frank Kona loves Jimenez. And, uh, you know, they piece it together somehow. I mean, look at all the pitching they've lost over the last few years. Uh, they still have Bieber, who certainly a ace, a young favorite. I didn't say I'm picking him. We'll find out that, all about that later. But uh, a candidate, but I mean, they've lost Bauer and they've lost Clevenger. And uh, I mean, they, they're four or five, six guys that they've lost who are a really, really good starters and they, they managed to piece it together. So it's a little dangerous to say potentially they could go backward, but I could see then the other team that I, of course, is a team I'm really a, rarely a believer in. So don't take my word as gospel on this one, but, uh, I mean, I don't see how the Rays keep doing it. They they lost Snell. They lose Morton. Uh, you know, how do they do it? I, I don't know. I mean, I know Snell and Morton were only five-inning pitchers for them, and they figured it out, and they had this very long bullpen. And, uh, you know, Rosa Arena became Babe Ruth at some point there uh, along the way, and they were the best team in the league last year. But uh, starting with that starting point of the best team, I, I expect them to take somewhat of a step back, I, I would think. I mean, but again, don't take my word for it on the raise. I, I'm consistently wrong on them. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So we got the teams down, right? We know who we think now can maybe step up or maybe take a step back and kind of even out back to their true selves. Now, just kind of going into a, a micro level here. Are there any players that you two are most excited about to watch this season, whether or not it's a bounce back year from a bad year or coming back from injury or maybe even just somebody who's primed to have a breakout season and really make a name for themselves in the bigs. Uh, John, we'll start with you. Uh, who, who do you really, you know, who are you most anticipating on having, you know, a, a big coming out year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, the bounce back seasons are, are interesting. I mean, so many great hitters hit 
not less than 250, less than 220 in many cases. I mean, Chris Bryant was a rookie of the year, an MVP, uh, looked like a certain Hall of Famer. And, you know, he was a guy that really in trade, there was nobody stepped up. Uh, you know, everybody wanted Arenado. And, uh, you know, he had the big contract. Bryant was there for the taking. He makes about $20 million this year. And nobody really wanted him, uh, at least not the price they were asking. And uh, I'm anxious to see about the bounce back of Bryant and Baez and Yelich and J.D. Martinez and all these guys who really struggled last year. I, I think they'll be back. I think they'll be uh, having their normal seasons. But Bryant's career trajectory is a little worrisome at this point. But uh, uh, all those guys that had rough seasons. But to me, the the biggest guy that uh, I think the, the big comeback can- candidate for me is Trey Mancini. I mean, to be diagnosed with stage three colon cancer, missed a year. Now he's back with the uh, Orioles. There isn't a lot to watch with the Orioles, but he's certainly someone that everybody should keep an eye on. It's really a a, a great comeback story uh, just to get back on the field and play. But he is a terrific hitter. He is their best player. And I'm not going to say he's going to lead the Orioles to a title, but uh, whatever he does, I think we'll have our eyes on him. Yeah, I'm watching a couple of different guys. Well, I'm going to start here in San Diego first. Uh, Tommy Pham is, is first on my list. He's coming off of an injury-plagued year. Uh, he got off to an 0-for-17 start in spring as he was figuring out his contact situation. Then he proceeded to go, I think, something like 11-for-20 in his next 20 bats and is really swinging a bat. Well, remember, the Padres brought him in in 2020 uh, to be kind of the – kind of set the, 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 the kind of mentality that they wanted to have as an offense, which is they want to grind it bats out. And I think with a healthy year, you add him to an offense that was really potent last year, he could be a guy who has a, a huge season for the Padres. I think another guy I, I'm looking at, uh, and, and this one is a, is a sleeper, is, is Ty France. Uh, I've known Ty uh, play for my father at San Diego State. He's been he's hit at every level he's been at. Uh, when he got traded over to Seattle, he got a chance to play every day, and we saw saw him rake. And I know it was only sixty games, but he's going to get a chance to play every day. Watch out for his name. And then the other guy who I, I kind of took a liking to in the playoff series against the Padres is D- Dylan Carlson. I like this guy. I like the way he swings the bat. Um, I, I think he, he he's got a chance to have a breakout season. And listen, the Cardinals are going to need some guys like him to step forward in order to to kind of run it to take that division. It can't just be Arenado and Goldschmidt. They're going to have to have a supporting cast. Dylan Carlson can be that guy. Those are three guys I'm looking at. Everybody here listening, you know, is obviously now going to go Google these names and and hit up Baseball Reference and whatnot and try to get an edge in their fantasy drafts. So this is good stuff, <laughs> even for me, guys. I, I, I always appreciate the perspective. So. Now it's time to turn it forward, right? Here's why they pay you us. Well, not speak for my, I shouldn't speak for myself here. Uh, this is why they pay you guys, the big bucks, right? It's why they pay you the big bucks. It's prediction time. It's, it's pretty much impossible to nail every single category, but I got to be honest. I think looking back at the track record, you guys have done pretty outstanding when I've uh, fed you these, you know, categories to fill out. And you guys are probably hitting that like a 60, 70, 80% clip. So let's just roll right into it. The 21, 21, Way too early prediction portion of the show. And we're going to start with the pitchers. We're going to go AL and NL Cy Young Award. Who do you guys got? John, I'll start with you. 
Yeah, I, I want to be right here. So I, I'm not going to go off the board. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going for a dark horse. Um, and I guess you could look at Bieber, certainly. But uh, AL, I got to go with Garrett Cole. Uh, I think he's the best pitcher in that league. And uh, so that's my pick. I'm going uh, I'm going Lucas Giolito, uh, White Sox. I think he's poised to have a terrific season. I mean, he's talking a big game. So I expect big things from him this year. Uh, and also, well, that's an easy one. I mean, uh, why even do it, right? Isn't DeGrom the Cy Young winner even before we start? I mean, I've got to pick him. He's the best pitcher in the game. Um, I really I didn't give that one too much thought, I have to be honest. Uh, you know what? I, I think there is a such thing as voter fatigue, and I know he didn't win last year, but uh, he, he did win, what, with three previous seasons, two previous seasons? I can't two remember previous. at this point. He, yeah, so he, he, he's won his fair share. I, I like Walker Bueller. I do. I think this is the year he puts it together. I know he, he got off to a slow start last year, was a little banged up beginning of the season, never really got into his rhythm. Um, I think this year is going to be different. I think this is the year he puts it all together. I'm, I'm going to say Walker Bueller. We're going to spin it over to the MVP award, fellas. Who do you got for your AL and NL MVP? Tony, let's hear it. My AL and, MV, and NL MVP, I'll start in the AL. Uh, I got Anthony Rendon. I think, uh, and I'm and I'm and I'm kind of high on the Angels after seeing their lineup put together uh, a couple times during during the spring. I, I like Anthony Redoni's in year number two. I got a chance to see how comfortable Manny Machado was in year number two and the type of season he put together. I think Anthony Rendon could could follow suit there. And the National League, uh, John mentioned his name earlier, but I think Juan Soto, man, I think this guy is a, a reincarnation of of Ted Williams and Tony Gwynn put together. Uh, this guy is is legit. And, and it is so fun, you know, as a as a hitting nerd, it is fun to watch him put together in that bat and not only physically dominate, but mentally dominate pitchers uh, when he gets in the box. I, I think Juan Soto is going to put together a big year and it's going to be really hard uh, for, the, uh, <laughs> for the Nationals uh, to not try to re-sign him as soon as possible because the price tag could just keep going up. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that more later on the Insider segment. I love your Rendon pick. I like the way you're thinking there. I, I'm, I'm going chalk. I don't want to lose. People clip and save these things, and then they get back to me on Twitter. So I, I want to have as high a percentage <laughs> yeah, as possible. So I'm going Trout and Soto. I, I think those are the favorites, but uh, too bad. That's it. Uh, we're gonna stick with the individual awards here. Any uh, anybody you guys see making an impact as a rookie this season? There's a boatload of young guns, and we actually saw quite a bit of them in the playoffs. And uh, these two guys, really, one of them in particular, made a name for himself in the playoffs, and, and that's Randy Azarena. I mean, he's still eligible to to be a rookie, so uh, I think he's gonna fall into that category in the American League. We're going to get a chance to see him at a full season clip, see how he manages that. But he certainly has the the, the head start on a lot of guys. I think the other guy in the National League is Sixto Sanchez. We got a chance to see him at the end of the season uh, as well as in the playoffs. And you can see, you can see the potential that drips from him when he takes the mound. So these two guys are, are in my opinion, the guys to watch in the American League and National. Yeah, I don't see how you can pick against a Rosarina. I mean, the guy was fantastic. I can't even believe he's a rookie after being the best player in the playoffs last year. Even, I mean, even better than Seager, I guess. Uh, Rosarina was unstoppable. Uh, I was over in the Cardinals camp about a week ago, and 
The owner even asked me, uh, how does the Rosarina look? I mean, uh, they're going to be regretting this trade uh, forever. I mean, nobody noticed it when it occurred, but I mean, the guy looks like one of the top players in the game if he continues anything like what we saw certainly in the World Series and the whole playoffs. Um, so to me, Rosarina, the favorite. Uh, Bobby Wood Jr., after he gets called up, I think he's going to be a superstar. But uh, I'd rather pick a guy who's already starting out <laughs> with the team. So I'm going with the Rosarina. Nationally, Key Brian Hayes is a fantastic player with the Pirates. Uh, without him, I'm not sure what the Pirates have. With him, they have one fantastic player. People may not have noticed because it was in Pittsburgh, but if you check out his stats from last year, they give you an idea how good this kid is, and, and he's also fantastic defensively. I mean, he's like, I don't want to say Arenado yet, but he's in that category, Chapman, Arenado. One of the, he's going to be one of the top third basemen in baseball and a fantastic hitter. And, uh, you know, I saw his dad, Charlie Hayes, a wonderful guy, and Key Bryan is a very nice young man, but that, that's my pick in the National League. So earlier we talked about teams that we could see, you know, stepping up and having a better season than they did last year and teams that could take a step back. Let's dial it in here. And I want your division winner pick. So who do you guys think can outlast the rest of their divisions? Let's start off in the American League and the National League Central. Who do you guys got? Central, I'm going to go where, you know, I like the Brewers. We talked about that. I think they're a nice all-around team. They have the uh, good two good starters at the front. They've got the great bullpen. And, you know, to me, the White Sox, I think they – I think they've probably surpassed the Twins with what they did in the offseason. Hendricks uh, gives them a great stopper, and Lance Lynn really nicely ran, rounds out that rotation. So uh, I'm going to st stick in that uh, Chicago-Milwaukee corridor and go White Sox and the Brewers in the Central. I'm going to go uh, National League. I'm going to go Brewers as well in the American League Central. Man, I really like the Twins, but it, it's tough for me to pick against the White Sox. I mean, they they got a lot going for them. Uh, and plus, I picked Giolito to win a, a Cy Young. And if he wins a Cy Young, I would assume they win the division. So we're going to go White Sox as well. All right. We're going to head over to the East Coast now. We're going to go AL and NL East. Who are your picks? Uh, Tony, we'll start with you. AL, I got to go with the Yankees, uh, assuming they can stay healthy because the last two years has been tough on the health department, uh, uh, on, the, <laughs> on the trainers and staff for the Yankees. But they still, on paper, when healthy, have the best squad in, in, in the American League East, so I'll take the Yankees there. And the National League East, honestly, the Braves are the team to beat, but I, I won't be surprised if this goes any amount of ways because there are a lot of talented teams in the National League East, but I won't be disrespectful. The Braves dang near took out uh, the Dodgers last year in the playoffs, and uh, they're going to be healthier this year. Uh, I thought it was in so important to re-sign Marcelo Zuna. They, they were able to do that. Um, I think the Braves win the National League East. Yeah, I'm with you with the Braves. You know, I'll stick with the Yankees. I, I like what the Jays did, but the uh, Yankees are the fair favorite. They've already started with two injuries, Britton and Justin Wilson in the bullpen, so a little worrisome to begin with, and uh, you're right. That's the question with the Yankees. Can they stay healthy? Can Kluber stay healthy? Can Judge? Can Stanton? Um, you know, they've got a lot of guys who've had some injury question. They've got an extremely talented, uh, deep team, but uh, that is their question. If not, uh, I'd say the Jays have a shot to take them, but you, i got to go New York and Atlanta there. Yeah, I was actually just going to follow up real quick. I know we're a little pressed for time, but if there was anybody in the AL East who can challenge the Yankees, I was curious uh, to get your guys' opinion whether or not you think it would be the Rays or the Jays. Uh, the Rays just know how to win games flat out. You know, they they 
just do it as well or better than everybody else in baseball. But it wouldn't shock me to see the Jays come on as that team that, you know, kind of takes the leap while everybody's still young. And, you know, you expect them maybe to kind of, you know, play like right around 500 baseball. But, you know, hopefully like Vlad Jr. and Biggio and Bichette, you know, make those leaps forward that everybody's expecting them to. So I'm curious to know if you, if you guys think that the Blue Jays can maybe give the Yanks a run for their money at all. Or do you think the Yankees are just too good? If the Yankees aren't healthy, the Blue Jays can definitely give them a run for their money. Uh, I think that team is poised to to just get better. I mean, they got into the playoffs last year, and what that does for the young guys is it gives them a taste. It gives them that taste. It gives them that motivation. You see uh, Guerrero comes in. He, he's lost a bunch of weight. He's looking good. I think all those guys take that next step forward. And, and when you add a guy who knows how to win like George Springer into that mix, I think the confidence level is, is extremely high. So I think this division will be close. I think the Blue Jays will keep it close. But if the Yankees are healthy, I still think they have the better team. If not, the Blue Jays can certainly still. I think the Rays have they just they have lost too much over time. Like you lose the type of players they, they've lost over the last couple of years. And listen, they've proved me wrong before. I have a hard time seeing them have a repeat success uh, this season like they did last season. Yeah, I'm with Tony. I think the Jays would be the bigger threat at this point. Uh, again, I'm never right about the race, so don't take that to the bank. But uh, Yankees, Yankees, if they're healthy, the Yankees should win that division. And then we're going to go out to the West Coast, guys, AL and NL West. Probably the most interesting division out in the NL West with the Dodgers and the Padres, two of the most stacked teams in all of baseball. I'm not going to fault either one of you for whatever direction you choose to go, but um, I'm Definitely curious to know what you guys are thinking. Yeah, I like the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, how do you not like the Dodgers? They, they, they're the best team on paper in baseball. Uh, the Padres, fantastic offseason. Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, all they did, they are dramatically improved. But, uh, you know, you really can't pick against the Dodgers uh, at this point. Uh, and I'm going to go a little upset here. As I referenced earlier, I kind of like uh, the A's still. Uh, they are the Rays of the West Coast, and for some reason, I, I I'm more convinced by them with the Manaya and uh, Puck Lizardo, and again with Chapman and Olson and and uh, Murphy. Um, I, you know, I, I think that team could surprise some folks and win that division. Yeah, I think National League. Listen, I'm probably going to get killed for this, but I think the Dodgers probably win the division. <laughs> um, they 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 are they are well suited. Uh, to win this division again, they got better, believe it or not, over last season. You add Bauer, you you technically add David Price, right? Because he didn't, he was out all of last season. He's not even in your rotation. He's in your bullpen. So, and he's done it before. So it's not as though he's never pitched out of the bullpen and and will be kind of experiment. Like he knows how to do it. So, listen, I think the Dodgers win the division. Um, in the American League, listen, I'm going for the wild card. I'm taking the Angels. I want to see Mike Trout in the playoffs. So that's part of the reason why I'm, I'm doing it. Plus, Otani's healthy, man. And I think with the bat, he's been – he hit like dang near 600 the whole spring. Uh, pitching has come – it's coming along still, although he looked pretty good against the Padres in his start against them. Um, I just think this is the time. If, if, this, if there was ever a time for the Angels to win the American League West, now is the time. The Astros aren't the juggernaut they were. I think is the A's will still be good, but they're not as tough as they were last season. I don't believe. Uh, so this is this. There's an opening here, and I'm gonna step out on the ledge, and I'm gonna take the Angels in the in the American League West. 
All right, guys, let's let's uh, let's see how how good we really are here. We're gonna make our predictions now. I'll write it down. I'll put it in an envelope, and I, I won't open it up until October. Who are the two teams that are going to meet in the World Series this year? Well, I'm a chalk player. Uh, I got to go Dodgers over Yankees. We've seen, this, uh, we've seen this act before, Dodgers and Yankees. You know, I, I, I basically pick the Dodgers every year, and uh, I was mad at them for about 30 straight years, and they finally rewarded me last year. I can't really uh, go away from them now that they're obviously the best team. So, um, you know, if, if there is a – I, you know, I'm not going to pick a complete dark horse. If if these two teams don't pan out, obviously, from what I've said before, I like the Braves and I like the White Sox, but got to go Dodgers over Yankees. I'm going I'm to redeem myself here, and I'm going to take a, 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 a rematch of the 1998 World Series, Padres-Yankees in the World Series. Uh, listen, I think Padres are, are, are in for a tough battle, right, because the Dodgers – very likely could win this division and then you're stuck with a one game playoff and the teams that are, I, I am assuming will be in there will not be easy outs like you're talking about either a Cardinals or Brewers or Braves or uh, or a Philly whoever it is coming out of these I think it'll be the Braves but it'll be a tough matchup so uh but I, I also know that it is really tough to repeat. It's really tough to get back to a World Series after getting there a year before. Just look at the history. There's only been a couple teams that have ever been able to accomplish it. The Yankees were one of them. Um, so I, I think, and I, plus I need to redeem myself, as I said a little bit, I'm going to take the Padres and Yankees for, for a repeat of the 98 World Series. All right, so we have the picks. We have the teams. The table is set. Again, we're two days away from opening day here. And there's no better way to do it than uh, get yourself ready with an episode of Big Time Baseball. So for Tony Gwynn Jr. and John Heyman, I'm Dylan Burns saying thank you for tuning in. But don't go anywhere. Coming up, we're going to have John Heyman's inside corner. I'm going to take a step back to my producer role. Tony's going to put the host cap on, and we're going to get the ball rolling. Stick around. We'll be right back with more Big Time Baseball. All right, John, let's get into your insider today. Obviously, some big shortstops. Uh, shortstop free agents uh, are going to be available here uh, come at the end of this season. And I, I guess I, the question is, which teams will be in play for these big-name free agent shortstops? <laughs> well, that is a big question. Uh, you know, the teams that lose a big shortstop certainly will be. The other outside teams, I think, are going to look at it. The Giants are my number one team to really look at a big shortstop. They're going to be ready to spend. They're going to have a lot of money coming off the books. Uh, you know, they've got Posey, potentially Crawford, and several others, uh, you know, tens of millions of dollars. So I think the Giants are a team that's going to look at these shortstops. Uh, the Rangers are a team that's rumored uh, to be interested in these shortstops, particularly Story or Seager. I think they're probably going to look at the offensive shortstops. Their offense was not too good last year. The Yankees are rumored it's possible. They certainly could get in there on one of these shortstops. Um, and uh, I don't think it's going to be Lindor. If it's going to be one of them, it'd probably be Story or Seager again. Uh, they like Correa too, so we'll see. Uh, and some dark horse teams that could start to spend and try to win include the uh, Detroit Tigers and uh, Seattle Mariners. It's time for the Seattle Mariners to start to try to win. But uh, Detroit's been a team that's been interested in winning, and uh, they have some really good young pitching. Uh, they may not be far from uh, winning like they did. Uh, they went through the free agent market uh, a couple decades ago, or however long that was, a long time ago, uh, signing Pudge and. Maglio and set themselves up for a, uh, a nice, a nice, uh, a few seasons there. And I could see them being in the mix for these guys, but uh, 
certainly a lot of these shortstops are going to be out there. We can go over them one by one um, right now and see what, what situation they are in right now in terms of their extensions. Yeah, Detroit uh, certainly gets a pass. They've, they've been relevant at least in the last 10 years, where Seattle, they need to do something. So we're looking forward to seeing them spend some cash. Finally, let's talk about some of these teams that have players that they're trying to keep. We'll start with the Nats. They have to, they got Soto, who's not a free agent, but certainly you would think they want to get ahead of this before the numbers get too high. And, of course, Scherzer, who can be a free agent at the end of the year. What are you hearing on their front? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's deadlines on the Nats guys. Uh, they signed uh, Strasburg in the middle of a season to a seven-year extension uh, several years ago. I think it was seven or eight years ago now. It doesn't seem like it. but So we really don't have an opening day deadline for them. But uh, Soto will not uh, be signed by opening day. There's nothing going on there right now. Obviously, that's going to be a big, big number. Uh, we saw that Tatis got $340 million, So uh, you've got a... Uh, a number to shoot at there, but uh, there's not anything happening at that point uh, in that front. From what I know, Scherzer free agent after the year, they obviously got him at 210 million, seven years. And that's worked out fantastically. They'd like to retain him, but uh, again, nothing going to happen by opening day with Scherzer either. Uh, the other guy is Trey Turner that they've been trying on. They tried last uh, spring and they're trying again. Now I'm not sure which way that's going to go, but uh, we're running out of time here with two days to go before uh, um, the season begins. And, uh, you know, he's got two years to go before free agency, though, so the urgency may not be there. And we have just not seen a lot of extensions. Obviously, we had the Tatis for 340. We had the Dobnak for 9.5. And we had one in between for uh, – we had Lance McCullers Jr. We got $85 million, But uh, I think the environment's just tough right now to have these extensions uh, happen. The union and MLB are having a tough time. So – uh, Turner is still a possibility, though, whereas Soto and Scherzer, uh, not at the moment. And now you mentioned uh, it being tough for teams to really teams and players to come to an agreement uh, in terms of these contracts. One that comes to mind, Anthony Rizzo pretty much put the kibosh on any talks yesterday. Chris Bryant doesn't seem like there's any word going on there. What are you hearing on, on their front? Yeah, Chris Bryant, there's been no there's no discussion. Same with Baez, no discussion. Cubs aren't getting that done. And Rizzo made it clear he's not going to take their deal. Ken Rosenthal and the Athletic reported he'd been offered five for seventy extension. Uh that's that's uh, you know, a Cubs uh that's a management offer. Uh Rizzo, from what I understand, was looking for nine figures, one hundred million plus. So that's a big enough gap that Rizzo could say it's not gonna happen right now and you know, maybe it'll happen uh, at some point before he becomes a free agent. So it's just hard for me to see him going elsewhere. He's To me, he's a Cub and will always be a Cub. So I think they'll figure it out whether they have to wait for free agency or not. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, obviously Rizzo made it clear it's not happening now. All right. Lastly, uh, there are some free agents out there available. What are you hearing in terms of the best players still available? Uh, yeah, I mean, right now we, we hear nothing on Puig. Uh, there have been some early rumors, but, you know, he's got a civil suit against him, and I think uh, teams are discouraged. He's got that reputation of being a difficult character anyway, and so that's been a t tough one. Um, Addison Russell, I mean, obviously he had that uh, domestic uh, abuse issue uh, with the Cubs. Uh, supposedly after that did everything right and tried to stay on the state, state straight and narrow and has done that, but... Uh, again, there has not been uh, much movement there. And Jeremy Jeffress had a deal with the Nats, a minor league deal, and he was released uh, after there was a rumor of something. 
Um, we don't want to talk up too much about rumors, but uh, there's nothing proven. And MLB has said that he can go ahead and sign with anybody now. So there's really, uh, you know, nothing again, as I said, proven against him. And it's unfortunate. Uh, he's a free agent, uh, but you know, with his, his drug past, I think teams are a little bit leery, had a big season with the Cubs last year out of their bullpen. And, uh, if this rumor is, uh, not true, it's a, a little bit of a shame, uh, it's for him not to have a job, but because he certainly has the ability to continue to pitch. Now, certainly if he did something wrong, I get it. But, uh, uh, in his case, we don't know anything really that happened, but the Nats did release him. Yeah, if that is not true, that is a shame. Shame on whoever uh, put that information out there because uh, I'm sure there could be a lawsuit followed if, if this turns out not to be true. All right, that's going to um, wrap oh, it up. One more thing, for, Tony. Uh, one more. Oh, let's go over the Mets, the Mets two people. Uh, of course. Florida, yeah, and, you're talking about Lindor, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, all right, John. Let's talk about the Mets. I, I, you know, we know Dylan is is, is probably most excited <laughs> about this news right here. So let's talk about the Mets and uh, what what are you hearing on on their guys, particularly uh, Francisco Lindor. Well, first Conforto, nothing going to happen there uh, before uh, the season starts. So he, he likely will become a free agent. We haven't heard of a deadline, but there's nothing going on there. Lindor is the big one. We know now that they've off the Mets have offered ten years, three hundred twenty-five million. He was looking for more than that. Um, you know, he's got two days to go. He's got his own deadline of opening day. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think when you're hearing this podcast, we may have the answer to this. But uh, not too many people have leave, have left 320. In fact, nobody has left $325 million uh, on the table. You know, if he goes through free uh, the season and it goes into free agency, I mean, there's a good chance he'll get that or maybe even slightly more. But is he going to get a lot more in free agency? I don't know. It seems like a big risk to me to, to not take that 325 and play out the season. But, hey, you know, it's his choice. He just got to the Mets. You know, maybe he'd prefer to be elsewhere. Who knows? So I'm not going to make a prediction there. But 325 for 10 years, that's a pretty – that's a pretty good offer, so I don't think anyone will be surprised if he ultimately accepts it or maybe massages it up to a few more million dollars maybe for him, but in that ballpark. There aren't very many markets that I think are suited for a guy. I mean, all the markets are suited for Francisco Lindor, but it doesn't fit him the way New York does. And, wow, that's a big bag of money right there. So hopefully <laughs> that uh, works itself out. Uh, that's going to do it for this week episode of big time baseball remember you can follow us on twitter i'm at tony gwynn jr and he's at john Heyman. Uh, and now you can follow this podcast at uh, rdc underscore big time baseball make sure you subscribe rate and review big time baseball on itunes spotify or wherever you find your favorite podcast until next time john Heyman for john Heyman and tony gwynn jr we'll see you take care